Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Carry On, brought to you by Nation's Finest, where our mission for the last 50 years has been to support America's military veterans and their families with a comprehensive approach to housing, health, and employment that helps them to achieve self-sufficiency and reach their full potential. If you or a veteran you know needs help, or if you'd like to donate, please visit nationsfinest.org or call 833-468-9676. Again, that's nationsfinest.org or 833-468-9676. I'm your host, Mark Miller, Army Veteran and Communications Director for Nation's Finest. Do you have a dog in your home? Maybe more than one? Perhaps you added a canine member to your family during the pandemic. Our guest today is dog trainer Steve Moore. Steve spent four and a half years in the United States Army during Operations Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. After getting out of the Army in 2006, Steve spent some time trying to find his place in society. A graduate of Bergen University for Canine Studies, he found his place, happily with the dogs. Steve runs a business offering dog training and other related services now. He also teaches dog training classes to military veterans, including the residents at our own Windsor Veterans Village. Steve Moore, thank you so much for joining us today here on Carry On. Yeah, of course. It's my pleasure. So could we start by hearing a little bit about your background, both in the military and how you ended up becoming a dog trainer as you're as you're working now sure so i was in the army from 2002 until 2006 including two tours in iraq uh, for operations iraqi freedom Um, when i got out of the army i kind of fiddled around for a little bit trying to figure out how i was going to become a productive member of society again i worked for a brinks armored truck company for a while i did construction for a while um and during this period of time, I was, you know, I was struggling quite a bit, uh, as a lot of us do. And um, I was looking for kind of what I was going to do as my life career. And I had no idea what that was going to be. But looking around on the internet, I kind of stumbled on a dog training thing for veterans called Paws for Purple Hearts. And um, it was basically free dog training classes, as I understood it, for veterans. And when I called them, they were in Menlo Park, the branch that I called. And uh, that was a little bit out of my reach. And it also turned out that it was an inpatient thing for veterans that were committed to the inpatient programs. Um, but they referred me to Bergen College for Canine Studies, which is right in my back backyard. Um, so I called them and it turned out that they have their, um, their degree programs were getting ready to start. Uh, within that month. So I did all the paperwork I had to do and got all my referrals and everything. Um, And within a month, I was uh, enrolled in the associate's degree program for training service dogs there. Um, And from there, things just kind of blossomed for me. I, um, when I was doing the associate's degree program, the president of the university, Bonnie Bergen, um, who also happens to be the inventor of the service dog concept, Uh, She asked myself and another veteran to start another program at the campus that would be more local to uh, where we are, Santa Rosa. And um, that was going to be kind of uh, 
tailored off of what Pause for Purple Hearts does, where we give free dog training classes for veterans. But rather than an inpatient program, it's we're reaching out to veterans in the community. Um, so that ha- went through several renditions. You know, we did a, the first one was at another housing program that you guys run, Hearn House. Um, and then after that, we uh, went into the community directly. So veterans were referred to us from the local VAs um, and, you know, just by doing outreach at veterans, veterans uh, programs. So people started communicating or, you know, reaching out to us uh, directly and, uh, you know, we offered them the same kind of a thing. And then with the uh, coronavirus uh, shutdowns, we kind of fell off the radar for a couple of years, like, like most people did. Um, but then within the last month or so, we're, we're getting back out there again. So at your Windsor Veterans Village, um, you know, for the last couple of weeks, we started up the classes again uh, in that community. And then, of course, for me personally, I've, I've done my, uh, um, I've been building my own business uh, kind of, you know, along the same time for dog training uh, and boarding and dog walking and things of that nature. Well, I know the the pandemic certainly put the brakes on a lot of operations and and as Mm -hmm. it did yours, but I know in your line of work now, a lot of people adopted pets or otherwise acquired pets during the pandemic to keep them company. And uh, so, so now they may need to spend some extra time training those pets as they bring them back out into society. So we're, we're certainly seeing them now. (laughs) Well, that, that's a really good thing. So, Tell me more about the dog training classes that you're currently providing for the residents at Windsor Veterans Village. So, as I said, you know, we've been there for a couple of weeks. And as you're starting a program, you know, part of this is getting the buy-in. But we've had a few veterans coming for each of the classes so far, and it's going very well. Um, the program is geared towards obedience training. So, But we try to meet people kind of where they're at. Um, in their dog journey. So depend really depends on um, what it is you're hoping to get out of classes. We're, we're capable of um, dealing with the kinds of problems that people deal with commonly. Um, and of course, you know, just trying to build a better relationship with the dog that they have. We also have, <clears throat> I forgot to mention, uh, you know, we work with our own dogs as well. There's Bergen University as a service dog training school so it's two parts. They have students that come there for uh, degree programs, bachelor's associates and master's degree programs. Um, and the class that I'm teaching is also an elective class for students there. So they get to bring their dogs up to the veterans community as well. And uh, veterans that don't have dogs can work with our dogs uh, and help train future service dogs or just get some uh, fun community time. Well, what a great activity. So so you don't even have to have a dog to come out and participate and, mm-hmm. and like you said, that's really great that, you know, a lot of veterans at Windsor Veterans Village or, or in some of the other programs you've run, you know, they really want that dog or that you know, for, for that companion, that, that mm-hmm. uh, sense of company, but they want to foster a better relationship. And I know that's done through training. So that's right. Yeah. You know, we, so, you know, we know that's why the training is so important, but let's back up a little bit to to veterans that, that do tend to like to have a dog for, for company and that camaraderie. Why, 
why are canines so important and, and why is the relationship with a dog so special for humans and then specifically for veterans? It's not a complicated question, but it's complicated in that we don't have like a, you know, there's a lot of research that's done it, done with dogs uh, and we don't have definitive answers. I know in my own journey and a lot of veterans in particular, <clears throat> um, having relationships with people is difficult because I don't know if it's because we understand each other so well and we judge each other so well. Um, but when you have a relationship with a dog, it's not that the relationship is one-sided. It's that the dog doesn't necessarily care about what you do or what you think. They just want to, they just want to have a companion as well. Um, and so because dogs are such social animals, the same way that we are, it's very easy to develop a relationship with them. And the relationship is non-judgmental. You can say anything you want to the dog. The dog's not not thinking one way or the other, uh, you know, <laughs> they don't talk you, back as much as people. That's do, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Um, so, and then from the, you know, from the field of science, we know things like when you just, you know, simple things like petting a dog, uh, if, if you're, you know, as long as you're not afraid of dogs, for example, you know, that can be enough to lower cortisol and, 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 uh, um, and, you know, activate your feel-good chemicals and, and things of that nature. So there is some physiological benefit to interacting with a dog, aside from the relationship benefits. So the lowering that cortisol, rate raising that serotonin, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for veterans, a, a lot of them, you know, facing different struggles, that's great to be able to do that without any medication. Mm -hmm. You know, and anything that, uh, you know, we talked about, the power of music in a recent episode and uh, yeah. this, you know, the power of dogs, all, all these things that veterans can do to, to feel better and address some of their issues without taking more medication is, is right. always welcomed. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So how does one get started with dog training? You know, I'm, I'm a veteran myself. I, I mm -hmm. own two dogs. Uh, what, what does one do to get started just to, just to get off the bat? You know, we, a lot of us feel like with the layman training we've done that, well, my dogs are good enough and right. sometimes, sometimes they act up or don't do what I want, but then I kind of, I kind of shrug and say they're good overall. How, do, <laughs> how does someone get started with the training process? Um, so, I mean, I'm a professional dog trainer, obviously by trade. So the first thing that most people can do, it, well, if you're a veteran, then the first thing I would do is look into your local community and see if there are any programs available to you. Um, but otherwise, uh, and of course, there's a sliding scale for what you can invest financially in this kind of thing. Um, but most humane societies and dog shelters have training programs at very low cost. Um, and then you can hire private dog trainers as well. Uh, the internet's a really easy place to go on, go and find dog trainers. <clears throat> I think it's funny that you mentioned that, um, you know, when we oftentimes do have this mentality that our, our dog is good enough or on the balance, you know, things are fine. Um, and for the vast majority of people, that's true. And a lot of people don't, you know, you can get through your whole life and not necessarily go through any kind of dog training and that's fine. Um, there are some benefits to dog training. My feeling is whether or not, um, you know, things are fine the way that they are. Uh, obviously, if you want to have a better behaved dog, then uh, entering into some kind of a dog training plan uh, will get you a better behaved dog. But maybe less obvious is that dog training is the door to opening two-way communication 
uh, and problem-solving skills between you and your, you and your dog. So it's not necessarily even all about um, improving the, you know, improving your dog's behavior. It's about improving our behavior as well, because everything your dog does is geared towards uh, meeting some need that they've got. And so, you know, in their view, everything they're doing is fine as it is. Um, but if you can, if you can partake in something like this and really develop that two-way communication and problem-solving uh, skill together, then it really uh, is the gateway to uh, improving quality of life for both you and the dog. And, uh, and can just be overall kind of fun too, right? It is a lot of fun. That's for, that's sure. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I read a lot of books and stuff like that about dog training and dogs and all the related stuff. And I haven't actually come across anything that says that teaching your dog how to do a sit or any other skill is going to be useful in overcoming any of the challenges that you have. Um, I'm not saying that teaching your dog a skill is not going to be useful, um, but in my view, it's just as likely that it's the uh, it's the improvement in the quality of the time that you spend with your dog and the amount of time that you spend with your dog, which is required if you're going to train them to do something that is uh, that is resulting in the improvement in uh, the relationship that you have. Well, that makes perfect sense. So. To our veteran audience listening now, veterans, family members, uh, and, and those who care about veterans, well, what would you tell our veteran audience regarding if, if they're on the fence thinking about getting a dog? Could you walk us through maybe some of the major pros and cons real quick? Um, that's a good question. There, there are, you know, I am obviously I'm a big advocate. I have four dogs of my own and I, I work with more dogs and I do work with people. Um, but it is having a dog is, is a commitment. Um, and so it's, and if you approach having a dog, um, in the sense that, um, you're going to invest the time and energy into getting the dog that you want, uh, it's not that much different than having a child. Uh, you know, they need to learn what it means to be a dog living in a human's world. So there is, there is a significant commitment component, um, of course, the benefits are what the benefits are. You know, you get to have uh, a companion, a friend that's always there. Um, you know, they're not going home at the end of their work day and, and then say, see you tomorrow. You know, they're, that's, your, that's your family. That's your companion if you, you know, if you approach it as such. Um, and we talked a little bit about, you know, just the general benefits, the physiological benefits of dog ownership. There's other benefits as well that depending on how you um, view things can also be looked at as a con because, you know, a dog's got to go out and they've got to they've be walked. If you live in an apartment, you can't open up the back door and, and say, okay, go out and toilet yourself. You've got to take the dog out <laughs> the toilet. Um, right. so, so, you know, in one sense, that's a really good thing because if you're, especially if you're used to kind of shutting yourself in, ordering pizza and watching TV all day, um, this is a way that forces you to get out, which is obviously good for all of us. Um, but if you don't want to get out, then having a dog is going to be a difficult commitment for you. Um, so pros and cons, and obviously oftentimes, as is the case with life in general, sometimes the pros are also cons. Sure. That's, that's right. You know, you can't, uh, you can't leave that dog to to gather dust the way you did the treadmill that you picked up. So, uh, <laughs> that's right, yeah. or the gym so you're, That's right. You're actually mm -hmm. you're actually going to have to go out there and get out with them. But but like you said, that's uh, 
that can feel like a con when it's raining or snowing and the weather's not great, but it can be a, a great bonus to, to get out and about and maybe meet other dog owners too. Which that kind of has a cascading effect as well, because like for me, and one of the issues, the big issues that I was having when I got out of the army was uh, having positive interactions with the general public. Um, but when I started working with dogs and when I started having a dog with me, you know, wherever I went and I came into this from the service dog side of things, you know, I learned to train service dogs and then I graduated from Bergen University. They gave me a service dog. Um, so one of the, um, ben the the cascading effects was the focus was no longer on um, in, you know, general public relationships wasn't on me and the person that I was face to face with, it was between the person I was face to face with and my dog, uh, you know, so it really had, uh, it had the benefit of um, changing the way that I interacted with the public. And so it gave me the time that I needed to relearn skills that I maybe had forgotten. Sure. So that actually really had a positive impact on your life, not just between you and the dog, but between you and other people. Yeah, and it was uh, it was the uh, it was the first steps towards kind of facilitating a healthier relationship with my kids as well. I had been divorced at the time and uh, had two kids with my previous wife, and so it was really it, it, for me personally, and for a lot of people, um, it really was the gateway to um, you know improving quality of life, not just for me and not just for dogs, but for the people that were around me as well. Well, and that. That leads into my final question there, and, and, and you set that up perfectly. We've already kind of talked about veterans out there who don't have dogs who might be thinking about it and advice for them. What would be your advice for veterans who do own dogs, but maybe they haven't gone to formal training or anything? What would be your advice for getting the most out of the relationship with that dog to, to our veteran audience out there? Um, to get the most out of any relationship, you have to understand both sides of the relationship. And we tend to, as humans, look at, we do this in our own interpersonal relationships as well with other people. We look at the effect that relationships have on us with not a lot of consideration with the effect that we have on other relationships, <clears throat> excuse me, other relationships as well. Um, so in my view, one of the best ways to foster kind of that two-way relationship mentality is to go through dog training um, because a good dog trainer spends a lot of time teaching you about what your dog is thinking in a given moment. And if you can't, if you can't um, have some, for, for many of us anyways, if you can't have somebody to kind of hold your hand through that, it's very difficult to uh, reshape your, your view on things because um, dogs look at the world differently than we do. You know, if they and when we look at what a dog is doing and we oftentimes think, well, based on what I'm seeing, then that dog is thinking this. And very often we're wrong about that. And it leads to a lot of um, miscommunications in the relationship and it leads to uh, unhealthy relationships. And so if you want to have the healthiest relationship you can with your dog and get the most benefit uh, from that relationship, then I can definitely strongly suggest uh participating in some form of dog training classes. Um, like I said, there's any number of ways you can do that. YouTube has everything these days. Uh, if you're the kind of person that can go and watch videos and then apply what you're learning in theory and in, in practice, uh, or if you're the kind of person that needs somebody to really hold your hand through the whole process, then uh, get yourself involved in something. There are, uh, there's, you know, pretty much anywhere you go, 
uh, you should be able to find um, some type of program, whether it's a community program, whether it's a program for veterans, or whether it's like a private type of a situation, or even group classes. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a, a way out there for you to uh, get what you want and improve the quality of life of everybody around you, including your dog relationships. Lots of different resources out there, lots of different options. And uh, it, it sounds like a, a great template to practice our relationships with with our fellow humans is, is going through and understanding the dog's perspective, just like we have to understand our loved one's perspectives and our friend's perspectives and our coworkers. So uh, taking the time to understand the perspective uh, of our dog might, might be great practice for that. And like you said, uh, that segue into, into understanding our fellow humans, which are a bit more complex probably than, uh, than uh -huh. dogs at times. So thank you so much for all of that great information and, and sharing your time with us, Steve Moore. Really appreciate you coming on the program today. It was my pleasure. Have a great day. You too. And thank you to all of you who joined us today. We'll be back next week discussing issues relevant to veterans and those who care about them. If you liked what you heard today, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. And as always, carry on.